Welcome to 2021, folks. Time to get started. I know the month of January is almost halfway through. Actually, it is halfway through. Okay, it's uh, January 18th, 2021, and I want to welcome everybody to the new season of Thoughts from a Lawnmower with Will Rouser. And I'm going to try to do something a little bit different this time around and, and in this year to come. I'm going to try and shorten, uh, shorten these podcasts a little bit. Uh, I've been doing a lot of very long podcast, especially when I do the interviews, and I, I don't imagine I'm going to change that with uh, when I actually do interviews, but uh, I think the monologues can probably start to shorten up a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to try and uh, make this a, uh, a little bit shorter, more impactful kind of podcast. And uh, as I've said all throughout 2020, uh, this podcast is about what I think. I know you've heard me repeat that many, many times. Probably you're sick of hearing it, but I'm. I, I keep repeating that mantra because uh, there's there's thousands of podcasts out there, and everybody's given their opinions, and some are more informed opinions than others about various subjects. And I don't begrudge anybody doing that. Um, and I'm just yet another voice uh in the uh in the miasma of of all of this of of the world talk i guess you could say and uh for the most part i'm sure that uh most people don't even know who i am and that's fine i don't i don't i don't really care about that the reason why i do this is because i need to express myself and it's fun I like to do this, and as I've said before, I love to hear my own head rattle, so that's why I do it. Well, uh, I ha- I'm not going to change that format at, at any point uh, for 2021, but I want to kind of focus some of the things that I think about to not such broad scope things and... I tend to repeat myself. I've probably already done it in the past uh, three three minutes that I've just been talking to you, but uh, I want to kind of compact some of my thoughts to uh, A, so that I don't take as much time recording and editing and all that, but also B, because I, I, I kind of want to just deal with some issues directly or I want to talk about things and I don't want to have to have in my head that I've got to transition to something else. So at any rate, um, uh, one of the things that has influenced this decision uh, in doing this is uh, I'm a big fan of Thomas Sowell. And he used to have, uh, when he did his newspaper columns, he used to have um, 
I think I don't remember how often it was amidst all of his um, different opinion pieces that he gave. He used to have this one that he called Random Thoughts. And he would have like a list of 10, 15, maybe 20 different thoughts. And they were very short. They weren't, they weren't really, um, they weren't more than a few sentences, but they were like bullet points. And he would, he would expertly take something and he would say, you know, and I don't have any, I don't have any in front of me. I, I, I didn't actually, I'm kind of on the fly on this. I didn't actually pull any research on it. I've got it somewhere, but he would he would make a statement, you know I I I think about this and he would he rattle off a statement and then he would rattle off an observation about that statement and they were very short and so he could fill a column with about uh, 10 15 20 of these random thoughts and they were so impactful it was like there was so much wisdom. In those short sentences. Now, I'm not saying that I'm on the level of Thomas Sowell by any means, but uh, I want to kind of take that template and I want to make some short, random thought podcasts as we go along. Now, when I say short, they may still end up being an hour, uh, but I'm not going to try and do that on purpose. Um, <clears throat> And since this is the first podcast, excuse me, first podcast of 2021, yes, I'm aware that half the month has gone by, but I was kind of gathering my thoughts about things that I wanted to discuss and subject matter, and I've made some notes and this, that, and the other. I'm not going to get to all of them, obviously, in this podcast, but I'm eventually going to get to all of them, and I want to do this so that I can do more podcasts that aren't so long. Because someone, I had a friend of mine who said to me, and when we were discussing uh, my podcast, this was was probably back in August, September, somewhere around in there, and uh, they were telling me that it might be better if I do shorter podcasts because the longer podcasts tend to lose people. Now, my reasoning for not doing shorter ones was because this was my podcast and I want to do it my way. And I don't want to follow anybody's template. I don't want to... uh, I don't care what everybody else is doing, and and there's validity in that. There's there's validity in trying to do things your way, but sometimes it doesn't hurt to listen to good advice. And one of the things that my friend pointed out to me was that you are trying to get more listeners, to which I replied, well, I don't really care how many listeners I get. I'm not doing this necessarily for them. But that's a little short-sighted in in retrospect. That That's a little short-sighted because obviously I want people to listen. And I know I, I've, I've listened to other podcasts where uh, some, some big-name podcasts, as I, mean, I won't name them off, but I've listened to some, and some of them I think do go on a little longer than they need to and I get lost 
I, I, it loses, I, you know, I get distracted. I'm not paying attention, but the, the shorter ones, the ones that probably don't, that go from anywhere from like 20 minutes to an hour at most, maybe an hour and a half, depending on what it is. Uh, like my guitar podcast, I, I, those I'm totally into, but, um, so I don't mind if those go a long time, but generally speaking, I find it, I find that I, my attention stays focused with the shorter, say 20 minute podcasts, the, the 20, 30 minute podcasts where you get a lot of information or a lot of content, I should say, in a short amount of time. So, and, re- and, and, and watching, or excuse me, not watching, but listening to uh, some of these shorter podcasts, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll throw, I'll name drop one. Uh, I listen to the Trey Gowdy podcast. And I don't, I think the longest one he's had has been about 45 minutes. And he's had a couple of short ones, say around five to 10 minutes. And they're all great, they're all fantastic. They're they're all uh, they're they're so full of content that that I'm in enraptured in in what he has to say. Um, even my uh, the, another podcast that I, I enjoy listening to is the um, No Guitar Is Safe podcast with Jude Gold, and even even some of those they don't usually go more than an hour and a half. I think there's been a couple that have gone a little longer, but an hour and a half is usually about as long as he goes. Um, and I, another one that I like to listen to is uh, Devin Nunes. And his podcasts are relatively short, 20 to 30 minutes at most. He, he has, Occasionally, he'll put out like a five-minute one. And as you can see, or as you can probably note right now, I've already gone past that, and I haven't really said anything of, of value uh, to the listener, I've just been telling you why I've been doing, why I'm trying to change the format a little bit. So I'm going, I'm, I'm going to try and make a, a concerted attempt to have better content with shorter podcasts. Now my interviews will probably go longer. My conversations, I shouldn't call them interviews, I should call them conversations. My conversations will probably go probably a lot longer because there's so much that I want to talk to these people, the ones that I talk to, I want to talk to them about, and they're very interesting. So those will probably remain uh, greater length. But anyway, so now that I've told you all that, I want to kind of, I want to kind of give a a retrospect of 2020, if I may, uh, but on a and a, and on a or rather on a sad note. Because 2020 was marked by not only um, chaos and tragedy and and confusion and stuff like that, um, a lot of negative in you know in the public sphere in in politics and in cultural. Uh, situations and societal norms and um, and all of you who are listening are, are not unaware of any of those things so I don't need to list all that 
certainly the news was, you know, it was one bad piece of news after another. And I even addressed some of them in some of my podcasts over the course of 2020. But for me personally, 2020 was marked by three very, I don't want to say, I don't want to use important, but I want to say um, very, well, three three deaths of very important people in my life. There was actually more, but I want to illustrate what I'm, I want to get to the point of what I'm trying to say with these three. And these three deaths were significant. That's the word I was looking for, significant. They were significant deaths of significant people in my life. Two of which I knew personally. One of which I didn't know personally and never knew personally, but had a huge impact on me uh, as a musician. And so I'm going to talk about these three individuals shortly, but and I'm going to say why they're why they were significant to me and why this was such a a terrible year. And the first is, and I talked about him. Uh, I, I talked about him. This happened in October, October sixth to be exact. Uh, the death of my hero, and the hero of many millions, uh, Edward Van Halen. Now, why does that affect me personally? Well, uh, obviously, he's the man who, that made me want to play guitar, and I've been reading, of course, all the tributes to him. Uh, I knew I knew there would be tons, and there's still tons coming out. His his influence was vast. His influence was important. His um, it, it, musically, it was uh, he he was he was an inventor. Uh, he he totally changed the face of guitar playing, uh, guitar manufacturing, uh, guitar sound. Uh, he influenced many, many millions of young men and women to pick up an instrument and start to, and not only to learn how to play, but learn how to play well. We all wanted to be Edward Van Halen. And he was a he was a reminder of my youth because I discovered him when I was 14, I believe, and his impact was immediate. The sound, I, I didn't know, I didn't know what it was, but I understood it was impactful. And it marked a period of my life that on October 6th of 2020, I realized that that was the end of a personal era that there was a even my hero even our heroes this is what it made me realize even our heroes are uh, have a shelf life that uh, we all that we all are mortal and that we all have uh, we all have a meeting uh, a, a meeting with death and even though Edward's music lives on uh, and it will continue. To, uh, they'll they'll be speaking about Edward a hundred, two hundred years from now. They'll still be speaking about him in reverent tones. And uh, he, he will continue to influence my playing 
until the day I die. And uh, but he he was more than just a musician. He was a uh, he had a he had an impact on how a band is uh, there in the in the public persona of a band. I mean, all the pictures that you see that you've seen of them more in the earlier days than in the later ones, but all the pictures that you saw of the band, uh, it it depicted a a certain invincibility. It was huge. It was it was bigger than life, and so that was impactful also. And in my understanding of how to uh, you know how to be on stage and and how to have fun playing my instrument, enjoy playing music. He he was, you know, it's been many comments have been made about he was always smiling. And there are pictures where he's not, but for the most part, it's rare to find a picture of Edward Van Halen on stage not smiling. A matter of fact, I, I remember watching uh, some kind of documentary on heavy metal, and they were speaking about uh, Van Halen and calling it teeth metal because they, it always seemed to be smiling. They always seemed to be smiling. They always seemed to... Uh, convey this good time that they were having even if there was stuff going on behind the scenes that wasn't so pleasant and wasn't so good they they seemed to have a, a really good time in um, doing what they were doing and it, and it showed uh, on their faces uh, while they were playing but again personally for me one of the things that the passing of EVH meant is that that is a chapter in my life that has closed. Remember, I said that I, I discovered him when I was 14 years old. And so that will be, as of September of this year, uh, of 2021, that will be that I discovered him 40 years ago. 40 years of my life I have had that I've I've had EVH as a part of my everyday existence. I'm not trying to deify him and some some of my Christian friends may be listening to this and trying to try may try to extrapolate me turning him into some kind of idol and that's not fair and I'm not even going to address that only to say that that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that his impact on me and and how I discovered my own identity I guess is immeasurable and his death signaled the end of a a period of my life I'm you know it's been a long time since I was 14 years old but I I always knew that one day when one my heroes would start to die off I would I would feel like I was now getting ready to enter old age that I was getting ready I'm only 53 you know I and I don't I don't want to make myself sound like older than I am but at the same time the passing of Edward represents a the a distant mountain in my rearview mirror as I'm driving towards a destination, 
and now eventually that 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 mountain that, that was in the in my rearview mirror has faded and is now gone over the horizon and that's kind of what i feel about that uh, i'll always carry eddie's influence on me but i've also realized that uh I'm not 14 anymore. I'm not 21 anymore. I'm 53 and I'm hurtling I'm hurtling towards the same end as everybody else. It is a sign of my mortality. Um the second pertinent death that has affected me and this also happened in 2020 was in December of 2020, was my longtime dear friend, George Gills. And uh, he, uh, it's, he is significant, and he is a part of my, his, his life was interwoven in mine in ways that I wasn't even aware of. I can't even describe to you this discovery, how important this discovery was. I've known George as far back as I can remember. Uh, he was always at, at the church that I grew up in. And even when there was years that I was attending a, a different church, every time that I would come home to visit, so to speak, he was always there. He was always my buddy. We were good friends. And back in 2017... I know I'm reaching back here because I was talking about 2020, but in 2017, my dad died in in August of that year. Two months prior, George Gill's wife, Sarah, passed away. And Sarah is buried in the same uh, graveyard that uh, my father's buried in and now subsequently now George is buried in and uh, when my dad passed away two months after Sarah did I was having I was talking with my mom as we were organizing as we were trying to locate all the 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 paperwork and and all the stuff that, all the preparations that we needed to, to bury my dad and Somehow the subject of of uh, Sarah's passing came up, and I I I wasn't aware for whatever reason I I don't know why I was never aware that George had served in the Air Force, and I don't remember how the conversation went. I don't remember how we got on it, but other than I think I was pointing out to my mom, I I found it interesting that that Sarah was buried in the same spot in the in the same area that my pop was going to be that dad was going to be buried in and my mother had informed me that George had been in the air force and that he was in Hawaii at the time that my brother was born and that 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 family George and Sarah and um, their children were in Hawaii at that time and I was when my brother was born, it was 1969, and I was two. And I, I have vague memories of of Hawaii, very, very vague. I remember some things, but I have very vague memories. I don't remember them at all. 
but my mother informed me that they were that we were in Hawaii at the same time they were and we went to church where they did and I said well, I didn't know that I never knew that about George now you have to understand that I'd been friends with George and I'd been friends with uh, his daughter and his daughter's husband for ever. I'd known them, grew up with them. So I didn't know any of this. And uh, it was it was kind of, it was very eye-opening because George and I had always been friends. He's one, he was one of those men that he always was jovial. He always had a joke. It was usually kind of a dad joke, but it was always a joke. He was always funny. He was quick-witted. He always, uh, he would always ask me, like, you staying out of trouble? And I, no, of course not. I'm not George. I'm not staying out of trouble. And he'd be like, okay, good. You know, or he'd say something like, um, I knew you was trouble. He was always, it was always a very tongue-in-cheek kind of experience with George. George was very, um, he was just one of those guys that you could imagine being your grandpa. My grandparents lived in um, California, and because I lived across the continent, I didn't see them very often. Uh, I could probably, I could probably count maybe 15, 20 times that I actually spent time with my grandparents on both sides um, before they passed away. And uh, But George, I saw all the time, and he just was, he was just such, he was such a nice guy, such a funny guy, that I can't imagine anybody not liking him. He was totally, uh, I, I'd, never, I'd never seen him be angry. Now, bear in mind, I didn't see him all the time. I only saw him usually on Sundays or on occasion if there was an activity where uh, maybe, you know, it was a church activity that, you know, we were all gathering in the same place or something like that. But every time I saw George, he always had a smile on his face, a joke on his tongue, and a, um, a pleasant demeanor. And he just, even after his his precious wife Sarah passed away, and we all knew that that he missed her, and it showed on his face, he was still that sweet, endearing gentleman, uh, the kind of guy that, that we all would love to have as our grandparent. You know, all, all that we would all imagine as our grandparent. He was my personal friend. There was no judgment with him there was no or if if he had he usually didn't i mean he it's not like he didn't say his opinions or anything like that but he was never he was never crusty he was never he never acted jaded he never he never acted um bitter i i never saw that man have any bitterness he may have had some in his life as we all do but he didn't let that define him for sure. He was the kind of guy that just exuded wisdom, but in such a way that just it just made it pleasant to receive it from him. And so when when George passed away last December, 
I just, it was another moment where I felt that the it was the end of an era in my life, in my personal life. George, you know, he was he was 87 years old, but I just kind of expected him to live forever. <laughs> and we all know that's not true, but you you kind of have this feeling that this person has always been there and they always will be. And the reality is, of course, that they're not going to be, but George was indeed a treasure in my life. And so his passing was yet another indication that uh, my life is not forever. Now, one other death happened, but it didn't happen in 2020. It happened the first day of 2021, January 1st. And that was the death of death of my Uncle Vince. There was nothing about my Uncle Vince that anybody in in my listening audience may find astounding or extraordinary. But he was um, he was a gentle he was a gentle soul. He worked for GM for 50 years. He had, he had served in the military and then he worked for GM for 50 years and he took care of his family. Uh, my uncle Vince was really an unassuming guy. He had he didn't really have a he didn't really have a, a cackle when he laughed. He had a he had a chuckle. Um you could see him smile but you you knew he was you knew he was amused whenever he had this short little uh the, I can't even I can't even do it for you but it, it was a it was a little chuckle that he had that uh I knew that he was it wasn't boisterous at all it was but you knew that you had gotten to him you, when you told a joke or said something funny or uh, a humorous situation came up it, he always had this look on his face whenever I'd see him because uh, he and my aunt and cousins lived up in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And so every year for Christmas, they would come down and spend the week of Christmas with us. And then usually either uh, New Year's Day or January 2nd, they would make the trip back home. And that's a that's a long ride. That's a that's a fifteen hour drive, and so, and my uncle would sometimes he would it used to be they'd get off work he'd get off work, and he would drive after working a full day he would drive until he couldn't drive anymore. Sometimes my aunt would take over. Sometimes he would drive straight through, and he always had this look of exhaustion on his face. But he did it every year. He was um, he was one of those guys that I just I just enjoyed talking with. Uh, after we became adults, after my brother and I became adults, our relationship with Uncle Vince became much more buddy than than you know he was the uncle and we were the young nephews. We were more buddies. And so, whenever they would come down to visit, uh, I'd take Vince and 
or my brother would take fence and we'd go out and see he was a car guy so you know if he'd like to run errands you know buy something for the car or you know whatever we would go you know one of us would go with him just to hang out we'd just hang out you know hey we need to go to um the auto parts store or we need to go to walmart and we would just hang out and uh you you never had he he was never brusque with anybody he was always very gentle sometimes i thought to his detriment uh but that's neither here nor there at this point he was just a he was just a kind soul i don't i can't understand anybody who would be offended by him in any way shape or form now i do know that uh, from what I hear, I, I know he had because he was so gentle and so unassuming that there were people at his workplace, his place of employment, that occasionally give him jazz and and give him a hard time and even pick on him. I guess you know you would think that once you become adults that stuff would end, uh, but it doesn't. But yet he kept on. He would he'd work overtime. Sometimes he'd ask for overtime. Uh, sometimes financial situations weren't always the best, especially since my my cousin has um, has a uh, disability due to some medical issues at birth. My uncle was there. He was faithful to his wife to the day that he died. He was also faithful to his Lord. He was faithful to, to God. Till the day he died, I said in a, a a Facebook tribute that I made to my uncle that, and I said the same thing about George that that the world wasn't worthy of either of these two men. That they humbly served. They they <clears throat> the contrast between these two gentlemen and somebody like Edward Van Halen couldn't be couldn't be more stark in the fact that, you know, Edward was worldwide famous. I mean, his death impacted people that I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of in, in genres of music that wasn't his own. Uh, it was very clear that the world mourns the loss of Edward Van Halen. And I joined that chorus. But the world, other than the the immediate family the world doesn't know George and the world doesn't know my uncle Vince they didn't know they didn't know that these these two humble gentlemen and I'm not saying that Edward Van Halen wasn't humble I'm not saying that but I didn't know Edward personally he influenced my my the my the musical part of my life uh, he impacted me on that level but George and my uncle Vince, they impacted me on a much deeper and much more important level, and that is one of uh, George and and uh, and my uncle Vince were men of character. They were men of of moral uprightness, and I know nobody's perfect, and I'm not saying that either one of these gentlemen were perfect. I'm not saying that they didn't make mistakes. I'm not saying they didn't have sins. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that these these two gentlemen impacted me on the character level. 
you know, I, I saw things, and this is this is not a slam against Edward. I, I as I have said ad nauseum, Edward um, was my hero. But I'm well aware that my hero had foibles, and they were well noted. They were, you know, as someone who was as famous as he was, uh, th- those things were bound to come out and be exposed. Uh, Edward, Edward had a filthy mouth. I mean, we all know this. This is nothing, nothing new. Uh, Edward lived a hard life. I was talking to my mom about this because my brother got me a shirt for Christmas that has Edward on it in one of his classic poses with the guitar raised high and his mouth wide open, you know, daring any of us to to challenge him. (laughs) But, and my mother and I were were having this discussion and because my, you know, my mother wasn't really into my style of music and that's fine but she she did have some at least a little idea because i was so hugely influenced by this this man and and my i'm sure my brother let her know some of the insights of it and i i i talked with my mother <laughs> it was really surreal i was talking with my mother about edward van halen and i said to her i said well i i'll i'll, I'll tell you he lived a hard life he did live a hard life. And as tragic as his death was by cancer, uh, and anybody can get cancer, and you can you can, you don't you don't you don't have to be a smoker to get lung cancer, but chances are if you're a smoker, it's it's highly likely that you will get lung cancer. He lived a very hard life. He lived the rock and roll lifestyle. Uh, drugs, sex and, and rock and roll. <laughs> Sorry for the redundancy. And I I do believe that he was one of those that burned brightly for a very, very long time, and then he burned out. His body gave up. He just he couldn't sustain that. I'm not I'm not making any accusations. I'm not judging him. I'm simply saying that he lived a very hard lifestyle, and that was something that. As much as I liked, as much as I loved and adored Edward musically, I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want to live like that. That was not the life for me. And I believe Edward's death was premature. He, we should have had him. We should have had him for at least another, <laughs> at least another thirty years. And it's and it's tragic, but the old adage I'm just gonna say it the old adage the, the the passage of scripture that says you reap what you sow I mean he helped bring on some of his cancer and I know that's not going to be popular and I know there's gonna be people who are going to listen to this and go oh you're just being insensitive all I'm doing is stating fact okay? It doesn't diminish my adoration of Edward Van Halen. But it does contrast with people like my friend George and my Uncle Vince. Two gentlemen who tried to live their lives in quiet humility. Trying to do the right thing all the time. Sometimes doing the right thing even though they struggled with 
you know, there, there was, I'm sure there was, I, I can't speak for George because I don't know deeply, but uh, I do know that in my uncle's case that there were times when, there were years when things were really, really lean and they didn't know where the money was going to come to pay for their next meal. I mean, there were times when that happened. But but both George and my uncle lived lives of humble character. And I keep going back to that because I think that's important to understand that that you can live above your circumstances. You can you, you know, your character your character, just like like Edward's music, is going to go on into history. His name will be in, in will be on the tongues of of musicians that aren't even born yet. Whereas probably in a in le, in a generation, um, nobody will remember George Gills, and other than as a name on a tombstone or or my uncle Vince. Nobody, nobody will know. Remember these people once the family passes into eternity, and yet their lives were very, very significant. Their their influence was very significant on me. I don't really know how to to wrap this up in talking about this. It may even seem that I've been talking in circles, but I I'm just trying to contrast. Well, I'm not just trying to contrast the the differences between these three individuals. I'm also trying to show the similarities in how important they were to me. But they were important to me for different reasons. I had a friend of mine, and I, I wish I could find the quote. I had a friend of mine when my uncle passed away that said, um, when I was when I when I told him after my uncle had passed on the first of January. I had said something to the effect of, because I was telling him about the influence of, of my uncle and what kind of person he was. And my friend said to me, now you go and invest in others, in, in, in younger men like these gentlemen have invested in you. And that is probably a much better legacy. It's not a very famous one, but it's probably a much better legacy and much more impactful than what Edward Van Halen has made upon me. Because there's going to come a time, and I, I not soon, I, I hope to be playing guitar until the day I die, but there may come a time where I will lose the use of my fingers and use, lose, of my, lose the use of my hands. Or, uh, you know, my mental facilities won't allow me to be able to play guitar in any meaningful way or something of that effect. But character lasts forever. The investment of character returns much better and with, with, uh, with much better dividends. I guess that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, you'll have to forgive me, folks. I'm kind of improvising here because I... <clears throat> I didn't write any of this down. I just wanted to talk about these three individuals and why the impact of, of 2020 was so negative on me personally, even though my, my uncle did die on the first day of 2021. 
Um, I don't really know how to how to, to proceed any further other than to just say that character matters. It matters, and we don't even realize that it matters. I I'm not. I don't even realize the young people who are looking at me. And I, I do sometimes wonder what people are going to say about me when I pass from this life. Have I impacted my children like these men have impacted me? Have I impacted your children like these men have impacted me? Speaking more about George and my uncle than Edward, but still. At any rate, I think that's a, this is a good place to stop. And... uh I look forward to um, talking about some other stuff and hopefully some happier stuff and some more impactful stuff, more more impactful things in this coming year. I've got some other things that I want to talk about that are, you know, I, I've got some rants and I've got some things that I want to address. But for now, I just want to have, I just want to honor the these men, these three men who've made an impact, a significant impact on my life for very different reasons, but still significant. And with that, uh, I think I'll close out Thoughts from a Lawnmower for this first episode of 2021. Have a great day. <laughs>